Hello, and welcome to Confidently Wrong, a show by regular dudes talking with confidence about content we have no right to speak about with any kind of authority, but do it anyway. I'm Wesley Nakamura, and as always, I'm joined by award-winning director Brian Redondo and Savon Jones, aka Captain Bonnie. This is episode 130, and we time slip through the beginning of Loki season 2. I'm confident that it's going to be the best show you've ever listened to, and well, hey, if it's not, you can always ask us for a refund. Incredible! Hello, gentlemen. Welcome back. I don't know why I made that one sound like I I was taking a poop. Yeah. (laughs) I say that in the morning on the toilet. Not to gentlemen. Hello, you know, intestinal remnants. Yo, people who are in public bathrooms, like, heavy grunting, like, I don't get it, man. Like, that's that's a lot. They don't care. <laughs> it's like, look, these are strangers. What the strangers going to do? That's worse, though. I don't know. Like, You'll never see those people again. You worry too much about what strangers think. True. If I'm in a what about public- office bathroom? That's different because I gotta see those dogs. I gotta see them people every. I gotta see them people more than once. I know those shoes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Why? Jones. Why don't American bathrooms go all the way to the floor? Unclear. Unclear. Money. (laughs) Sound like Yoda. Point is. Now, point if I'm at work is you know I'm gonna have some reservations and you know be strategic. (laughs) This is like a relative. This is a public restroom, which I mean I'm not saying that's my first option, but I'm like, hey. See At our again. school, the uh, the staff restrooms are you know like single 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 person single use or whatever, but you know you gotta sometimes you're the you know there's like only two per like area and then you gotta like walk across the school to a different part to to use other bathrooms. So sometimes people will just like wait because they're like oh one of these bathrooms will open up, bro. I hate it when like I've taken a dump and then like I'm leaving and someone is ready to like hop right in. I'm like oh there's no like air freshener in there or anything for them folks like. They just, they're taking the full weight of it. <laughs> it's a show. It's a show. Think of it as a show of dominance. Like, yeah, whoa. A real, there was some, some real work was done back there. Interaction. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, you just got to own dog, it. Big dog doing big stuff. Sorry. <laughs> just give him a, a point and a wink. Move on. <laughs> I try and do, I try and do the, you know, what is it? <laughs> what is it called where, you know, you like, the you go McGuire. and you flush like immediately so the smell doesn't linger. I try and do that, but uh, it's. I, I ain't got time for that. Flush. Flush? But it, uh, I don't know that it works. I ain't got time for that. We, nah, B, you get what you get. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Loki. The MCU is back. It's actually been not that long, right? We got, we were at Secret Invasion. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys, remind us, remind the listeners, how did you feel about Loki season one? Brian, where were you at in Loki season one? Love Loki season one. Oh my goodness. I know we have some detractors here, but I I thought Loki season one was probably the best of the MCU TV shows, at least in the yeah. Disney Plus era. Um b- because it, it just had it had great set pieces, great directing, great production design, great acting. Uh, and a really interesting mystery yep. that was going Sam, on. How did you feel about season one? Uh, very creatively ambitious, <laughs> but but a little too absurdist for my own taste, and that kind of just broke my suspension of disbelief a few times. 
but it wasn't a bad show. <laughs> wasn't for you. But I felt like it was just a little too off the wall and for me moments that felt a little corny, if not cheesy. I didn't. But I thought the acting and set pieces were all very well done. It was just like the underlying premise was just something that it was a little hard for me to engage and connect with. I feel like Sav is trying to say, wow. like, that was some that's... white people shit right now. <laughs> but, like, without saying that's it. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. Dang, do no? not project okay, that right, onto right. me. I, that's, that's, that's not what, I, what the I undertones said. I was getting there. That's... <laughs> wow, Wesley. Yeah, the call's coming from inside the house. Don't do that to me. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I was more along the lines of Brian. I really enjoyed season one. Um, and just, I, I thought they did a phenomenal job. I loved Tom Hiddleston's performance. I, I really thought Jonathan Major's performance was really great. Uh, I don't know how much we need to talk about Jonathan Major's ongoing legal issue. Like we're, we're not sure. Yeah. You know. There just hasn't been a whole lot that's come out about it. So hopefully that works out okay for everybody involved. But, uh, if it doesn't, you know, that sucks too. All right. So <clears throat> season two spoilers will now be in the pod. Uh, cause we're going to talk about the first few episodes. There's been three released. Savon has seen two. I've seen three. And Brian has seen three. After the train wreck, and I think we can call it that, even in hindsight, like there was just a huge train wreck of Secret Invasion. Just nothing made sense. <clears throat> waste of waste of all kinds of reveals. The visuals were off. The storytelling was really inconsistent. Kind of a, a really put off, I think, for, for MCU and, and Disney+. Plus. How are you feeling going into Loki? Brian, how are you feeling kind of at this point in time? So even with the context in terms of <clears throat> yeah, even MCU, in terms of like, like enjoying season one, <clears throat> how did you feel? Like what's your excitement level now, knowing that like in this day and age, Marvel is not a, a guarantee to, to put out a good show. Were they ever guaranteed to put out a good show? No, people just have questionable people. They were you never guaranteed Agents to put out a good Shield? movie. Agents of Shield was good in the beginning. Is up and down. Is up and down. But that it, wasn't. It was, do you remember Iron <laughs> Fist? But those weren't Marvel Studios, like the current iteration of Marvel Studios. But since Wandavision, at this I'm point, thinking about like since Wandavision. Yeah, Disney Plus. Yeah. MCU yeah. Television. Stop so messing I, with the. Mic. We've had a lot. We've had a lot of TV series since then, um, and some are good, some are bad. Some are all over the place. Some feel like homework that I'm watching yeah. for you guys. Uh, and and it's you know it it's it runs the gamut of of television quality. I would say, um, but that's that's not to say that I am fatigued by it necessarily. I, I think you know I read a lot of stuff uh, in the media news that say like oh like consumers are fatigued by superhero stories and the MCU does not necessarily know where it's going and 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 Disney's trying to pull back on their production uh, I don't necessarily feel like I'm done with Marvel content um, but we're you know I'm of course the choir on this one uh, but you know <laughs> I, I am welcome to new attempts like finding new things to talk about. There are always new characters. Um, and so coming into Loki season two, I, you know, I gotta be honest. I, I didn't remember Loki season one, all that well coming into it. I needed my memory jog just because 
there's been so much stuff to come out between now and then. Um, but feeling excited generally, um, not feeling fatigued. For yeah, I wouldn't say I was fatigued, but I was not as willing. I, I think the general arc of the shows and, and many of the movies has sort of been trending downwards for me in terms of like how into them I've been. I think, you know, there was kind of the height of like what we consider right now, maybe like the height of the MCU, which was, you know, there was a string of movies, maybe Iron Man 3 notwithstanding, where they really hit quite a few home runs with with movies from like Winter Soldier to and Iron Man 3 isn't as bad as I think we remember it to be, but it's not it's not great. You know, we have Thor Ragnarok in there. We have Guardians of the Galaxy parts one and two in there or volume one and two in there. There was kind of a string of movies that that really I enjoyed a ton and uh, Black Panther was in there, right? Like, were you really expecting hits and then they come out with Infinity War and then Endgame? And that's a pretty strong stretch of like, oh, damn, like these are really fun movies to watch. And we got a lot out of them as the audience. And I think since then, you know, we've gotten movies that are just not as good, you know, and, and shows that are not as good. And they've just sort of been like trending downwards in it. It's easy to say it's trending downwards when like infin or uh, secret invasion is the last thing you're looking at, right? Like that's a very low point in terms of like how how not good that show was. So I think mine is not so much that I'm fatigued of superheroes. It's I'm fatigued of shows that are progressively seeming to get worse and worse and worse and worse over time. And maybe feeling like maybe Marvel has in some ways, you know, maybe through brain drain, maybe through tiredness on their end, maybe through their own production schedules, whatever, all the things going on are struggling now to find, you know, the, the stories in these characters that are meaningful and powerful and, and really engaging in the same way. I mean, they're able to put them onto screen in a way that like really makes sense. So coming into the Loki, I've just sort of been like, I, yeah, I'm excited for Loki because it's Loki. Like I thought season one was really good, but not as excited as I think I would have been had had a couple of the previous ep like things not come out in the shape that they came out. Sav, where are you coming into season two, knowing especially that you weren't really all about season one? Savannah is either a really bad poker player <laughs> or Wes. Everything that you say just gets him <laughs> he's making faces this is true i try i, I did, couldn't look yeah. at the screen i would have been too distracted yeah i mean i'll start <laughs> by saying just to what you said before wes uh marvel people have very short memories in that we really do overlook the mediocre marvel movies that came out even early on the first captain america movie wasn't bad People were not doing backflips over it. Uh, they clearly had, like, Cap was not a popular character in his first movie. It wasn't until later that he became the fan favorite. Thor 1 and 2 were both just, Thor 1 was mad. Thor 2 was bad. Iron Man 2 wasn't that amazing. Iron Man 3 was bad. Ant-Man had mixed reviews. Like, this is just me giving a counterpoint to the old MCU has been on the downswing. I think it's more so just, we remember the bad more recently than the bad in the past. Almost like how you don't remember the one-hit wonders from, you know, the the bad music from 30 years ago because all the good stuff is what people yeah, remember. Yeah, Ricky Martin, living La Vida Loca, I even, bro. I, yeah, because I'll even say with the more recent hey, Marvel movies, thing. you know, Black Panther was good, Guardians was good, 
Spider-Man was good. You know, don't get it's easy to get caught up on like let the Thor love and thunders and even the mediocrity of Ant-Man overlook. Hey, we had some movies come out that were absolute bangers. So that's really that's why I was making faces. As far as Loki, I think it's a percentage thing, though, right? Like and a frequency thing. A lot of the shows have been weak, which is a great amount. Like in terms of how much you're spending time with it. That's a lot of the time that we're spending with like these mediocre shows. Black Widow wasn't very good. I didn't enjoy Doctor Strange. I know you guys did, but Doctor Strange wasn't like a tight that was story. Just a wrong opinion, you I, like Captain the Winter Soldier has had like issues. Um, <clears throat> uh, or sorry, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like in in terms of like, if I'm looking at the current like, let's say the the run like if you're doing a running average right of like how much enjoyment I got out of MCU movies over the past you know like three or four years three years maybe it's like the average is a little bit lower than it would have been had you taken that same running average you know on the stretch from like 2014 or 2015 to 20 you know 19 when when Endgame hits so like I think there's yes what you're saying is right right we have a bias towards whatever the current narrative is and I think it's also fair to point out like we're not used to Marvel missing on so much of their stuff That is a topic for a different <laughs> podcast. Um, talking, I will just say, when it comes to Loki, yeah, I feel the same way I've been felt. You know, so sorry it's that Loki had its moments. I think the basic premise and stuff like this moments, where I'm like, oh, this is cool, and other moments where I'm like, this feels like a convoluted mess and feels very complicated for the sake of being complicated and annoying to follow. And that hasn't, re- and then I still very much have the very same critique of the TVA just being a bunch of humans with this whole old school vibe aesthetic setting. It just doesn't. It's vibe so with cool. Me. I, I love it. Feels, to me, it just feels <laughs> cheesy. It feels cheesy. Just seeing these people who are supposed to be beyond time dressed as like seventies office workers with that vibe and aesthetic because it's, it's timeless. Really. That look is but, timeless. So on. <laughs> hard disagree, but uh. So, you know, my, my, my main feelings about the show haven't really shifted. I got through the first two episodes and, you know, again, there are moments where I'm like, oh, this is cool. And other moments where I'm like, oh, I am really struggling to stay engaged right now. And so maybe that'll change when I watch more of episode three. But it feels like Loki, for better and for worse, is more of what season one was, which if you liked it, it's good. But if you're someone like me who wasn't wild about it, it's like, OK, well. You know, unless they shake something up drastically, which I don't anticipate they will, but I could be wrong. I'm going to keep feeling the way I felt. I'll watch it. I'll finish it. But like, I'm very aware of what I don't like about the show. And that can be sometimes make the show a bit of a tough watch when I'm going through portions I'm not a fan of because I know exactly what I don't (laughs) like. Yeah, I think you're going to keep getting more of the same because the show knows what it wants to be, which is like one of its strengths is that like it's not it's not trying to be all things to all people. Right. Like this show is very clearly like I'm trying to do this. I the the show wants to sound like this and look like this and be like this and like you know they're gonna do the time heist they're gonna do the the running the chase scenes you know they're gonna do all of that stuff and then they're gonna do the like quippy stuff between you know Mobius and and other people because that's Owen Wilson's strength. Um, <clears throat> so let's get into the show, season two, so far episodes one, two, or three. Have you had or what is been what has been what has been your favorite moment so far of season two for me i've really enjoyed ob whenever he shows up i'm just like 
this is kind of funny. Like he just like does these random quirky things and like says these random quirky like things. And I'm just like, Oh, that's really funny. But he also, I think there's more, like you get a sense that there's actually maybe more going on under the surface. Like he's the one who wrote the guidebook. Like how did he write the guidebook? Like where, what was his position in the TVA that he was able to do that? And like, maybe he's like the one that actually controls all of it. I don't know. That actually doesn't seem like that's true, but maybe, I don't know who knows. Um, And then, there's a moment, I think in episode one, maybe episode two, where Loki and Mobius are connecting over uh, some key lime pie, and they and they and Loki's being a good friend. Awful pie, <laughs> by the way. D D tier. Key yeah, lime no is good. an abomination. The last, that's a last choice pie. That's like that oh, means, I'm. That, in that means someone ate all the other pies. Maybe that's a thing, though. Maybe maybe is that a universal take? I feel like I've heard that key lime pie is not people's favorite. There's a reason why if there's ever a pie sampler or a pie platter that if you're the one who comes late or wants to eat okay. at the end, that that's all. And that's and left. this uh this I don't know area they were eating in was like a vending machine full of pies, and all of them were key lime pie. So you know the TVA isn't necessarily the best judge of taste, I guess, and which is kind of what they're trying to say. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> that tracks. I think that's symbolic. Now yeah. that's an accurate take about Loki. Well, if You're Kang started the TVA, maybe, and yeah. he's a villain. Maybe that's why. He's going to choose a bad <laughs> pie. So. He just went up in the MCU. But, you know, and I love, I love the, like, quippiness between the two of them. Like, the, I think they're really funny. I think their chemistry is, like, off the charts. Um, Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson as as Loki and Mobius. Um, but in, in this moment that I'm thinking of where they're eating this key lime pie, uh, it's actually really genuine. Loki is is being a good friend. He's pushing his his friend to say, like, you're like you're not fulfilling your potential if you're just going to put your head in the sand and act like an ostrich here like there's more out there like maybe there's more out there maybe we don't know but like i wouldn't be i would be remiss if i didn't push you a little bit outside of your comfort zone here um and i thought just the acting the writing like that whole moment the mute you know just everything felt like it really worked in that scene so that was a standout i thought they did a really good job constructing that scene and then the actors pulled it off in a really great way um so if you're if you haven't seen episode um or sorry if you haven't seen season two yet make sure you check that out i think that scene uh really is is kind of at, it's a really important for me because i'm like oh that like gives the story heart rather than just the like the the time heist kind of things that are going on around us but like there's actually like a center here of of a connection you know so which is important i think in a show about characters um that that we're seeing here in the mcu all right Brian, have you had a favorite moment? Actually, I should go to Sav first because he might just say I have no favorite moments. Sav, have you had a favorite moment so far in season two? The credits? <laughs> oh my god, y'all acting like I'm hating on the show. It sounds y'all, like I'm you're not eating dumping like on it. I'm boiled broccoli praises. that's been like way overcooked, and you're like, I- I'll eat it because I know I'm supposed to. Okay. No, I've made multiple points to acknowledge things that All the right. show has done well. Y'all just ignore that. Negativity bias. Y'all just bias. only hit a negative. Again, meta. Right? Meta. This is like, what, <laughs> yeah, this is All what right. we just what were talking got? about. What do you got? Anyways, uh, Loki using his powers. Loki, the character, has a really fun power set. The illusion stuff, him being magic. One of my best season one moments was him breaking down in like D&D nerd level details, different between creating uh, illusions and duplications and clones and it's like hey one is an illusion another is like a copy of me that's physically in a certain space like 
he has a fun power set. So when he when they were chasing down your boy uh, Brad for the interrogation, and he's just doing the shadow power stuff and making the clones, and the, he makes the group of like the little English hooligans who start bullying him, and then he sets them all to like factory reset <laughs> when he's messing with your boy. And even Mobius says the shadows feel like a little bit much, huh? With the he horn. has the shadows grow his horns and just. It's so, and I'm watching it like this is so extra, and I love it because that's some very Loki type stuff to do. But again, to your point of the chemistry between him and Mobius, Mobius saying oh, that's a little bit much, huh? He's like, I think it's, like, it's kind of clean. It, it reminds me of almost like you and I talking about Savon. Did you need to do all that extra flex? I'm like, yes, I kind of did. A topic that has been tried and true with us for years at this point of. Being practical versus yeah. over showmanship. But yeah, Loki has a fun power set. So one of the strengths of the show is that there's so many different versions of Loki we got to see. And we can see different manifestations of that power set. But watching our Tom Hiddleston Loki just do vintage Loki stuff is always really fun. You can have a lot of fun with his abilities on screen combined with his mischievous personality. I actually forgot about that moment. So I definitely hope <laughs> we get more of that. That was that, I was sitting there like, yeah, this is tough. I like this because you could tell Loki was having fun. <laughs> he saw he yeah, he clearly went into like mini boss mode. He just started bullying Obo with his powers, and I'm like, yeah, take the take the weights off, turn up on him, sick of shit. So season two is a continuation of season one. It's very directly. It's just like right afterwards, we're pretty much kind of thrown into it. Um, and for those of you who maybe don't remember and aren't worried about spoilers, the the basic premise is like. Kang, or it's not Kang, it's a variant of Kang, right? He Who Remains has been killed, and without him there to make sure everything is going well in the TVA, to make sure everything is going like according to plan, that the multiverse is sort of in chaos because there's a, a lot of variants showing up, there's a lot of branches being made, and these branches sort of can kind of like fold in on each other or end up coming together, or like multiple Kangs can start to come about and start causing other problems where they can like jump between, you know, and, and start to cause a lot of collapses here and incursions. Um, and, and the TVA doesn't, hasn't had to deal with something like this because they've always had he who remains behind the curtain, pulling the strings and making sure everybody's doing what they need to keep the sacred timeline together. Um, and, and there's this thought, right. That's going on or this, this kind of explicitly said thing, which is like every time they do what they're supposed to do, which is to like, to destroy these branches, all of the people living on these branches die right effectively right if they had souls which they probably do they they're extinguished and so they no longer are there and so it's basically murder and genocide or whatever you want to call it right and so these minus <laughs> the lakers fans in different timelines the like, tva that's just mercy killing but yes Wes, continue <laughs> hey hey yeah it's just like okay cool that's the tva yeah so the tva doesn't know what to do about this right there's they're, they're stuck in this right pickle or this box of hey if we do things that will save most of the, you know, a lot of the universe and all of the timelines, we have to get rid of some of the timelines. And that's a very like, you know, it's a great quandary to be in, in terms of television and movies. Cause it's like, well, the thing you're trying to do, which is save lives involves killing lives. And that puts everybody in a weird, you know, ethical space. And that, that leads to a lot of different ways you could solve that problem or not solve the problem as the case may be. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you guys personally, Everybody in the show has a slightly different take, except Mobius and, and Loki. They're pretty much on the same page. Everybody else kind of has a slightly different take on what needs to happen or how, how it should be done. 
Is there anybody so far you've heard where you're like, that seems like the plan I would go with personally? Maybe it wouldn't be the most successful, but that's the one that I would go with personally. For me, like I wouldn't go with Sylvie's plan. Sylvie's plan of like, I'm just going to annihilate every Kang variant uh, as they come makes sense only up until the point when like she knows for a fact that all of the multiverses coming together is going to destroy everything. And then there is nothing. Right. And so I don't, I don't agree with Sylvie's plan at all. Uh, even if I understand like why she would do it that way and, and there's a justification for it. Um, but I think me personally, and maybe this is just the show manipulating me. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm on Loki's plan. I support his idea around like, let's just buy some time. We've got to save this, like prevent everything from collapsing on itself. And then maybe there'll be a solution that presents itself as we go. Uh, and I'm not on Mobius's plan of like, let me shove my head in the sand and not know anything. So that's where I'm at. Uh, but that's me personally. Sav, where are you at? Or do you agree with none of them? Would you have a, a different way of looking at this? Now, I don't really have a take about the larger conflict of the show. I'm going to be honest. The stakes of this show are a little too high and too abstract for me to really meaningfully connect to. Uh, and, you know, Marvel had this issue in the past. People talked about the previous movies of every movie doesn't have to be about saving the world. When the world is always in danger, you know that the world's going to get saved. And so it's hard for you to be mm-hmm. invested in the stakes of that. And so, you know, right, even with the movies some of the better Marvel movies were ones that had a smaller, tighter, smaller conflict because you can have a great movie and not have yeah. it to be about saving the world or saving existence. So to me, the conflict of the show being we have to stop, what is it, all yeah. of existence essentially from collapsing is such a large abstract concept that it's hard for me to connect to the stakes because I know that the worst case scenario isn't really going to happen. And even the worst case they decided in season two of, oh, the sacred line, all these branching universes, I still haven't really seen the negative ramifications of that. So I'm fairly neutral in terms of what the solution to this is going to be. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I'm kind of just along for the ride in that, oh, I see people's different interpretations and takes. I don't feel strongly favoring one over the other. I'm just going to enjoy the ride to see what new information do we uncover, what twists, what plot, things that we know are going to happen at some point that maybe shifts how we see this conflict. Because whatever, what we know now, obviously, is not the right full scope of what is going on and what the solution is. So me trying to take a side now feels premature and kind of irrelevant to why I'm watching the show in the first place. But even the scene when Do- General Dox and them were bombing all those timelines and they're supposed to be said, oh my God, those are billions. I'm like, I get it. But these are just lines on like a, a Tron screen just kind of fading away. That made me like knowing that, okay, I get what they're going for, but it's just hard for me to be invested in the conflict. So I don't really have a strong preference one way or another. I just want to see how this plays out to see how things shift, how people change their mentalities. This is definitely going to be a, friends become enemies and it becomes friends as we find out more type of show. So I'm just kind of here for like the journey. Not, I don't really care about the destination. I care hey. about the journey getting there because no matter what, they're not going to let all of existence in time and every universe ever collapse. So I just want to see how we He's get so to plot zen. armor or no journey, universe not the armor. destination. Yeah. Wait, Brian. <laughs> so, so what? journey, not the destination. <laughs> Brian, I'm Life sure you're on, you're on miss minute side, right? 
I mean, no, I'm I'm actually with Savan on this. Like, Wes, while you were talking, I was like, what are you asking here? Like, do we even know everybody's different positions on this on this debate? Like the show, the show is kind of stuck, I would say, because of what Savan is saying about this like abstract notion about what the conflict and stakes are. And a lot of times people are just talking and you like I as an audience I have no idea what they're really talking about. It's it's all kind of mumbo jumbo fluff. <laughs> we gotta save the day. Right. And whatever that entails, like I guess we're gonna go do it. Like I don't I don't really have a full grasp on what's going on. Every like I I agree that Obi Auroboros, uh Kihu Kwan's character is like a was like a really great fun character at the beginning. And as the show has progressed, every time he comes on to give some sort of weird exposition about what's going on with the plot, it's like, I mean, he might as well be, uh, you know, picking random words out of a <laughs> Russian dictionary and saying it. And it wouldn't change. It wouldn't change what's going on in the show. Um, and, you know, as for Sylvie, like she completely does a 180 spoiler. She, she, you know, she, uh, she box on her own position in episode three. Um, so like, we, but, you but know, was, we don't like really fully understand what the ramifications are. He made her own argument against her. I don't her. know. Oh, so you mean the journey? So you mean know. the journey? So you mean the journey? I don't know what's happening on this show. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. So get off your phone. Brian is just watching. It's like Ant Man. No, it's like it's Ant Man when they say, "Do y'all just throw the word quantum in front of everything?" <laughs> yeah. Like remember that when Scott literally said, "Do y'all just put the word quantum in front of everything?" It's like they're doing that, but just do y'all just put the word time and temporal in front of everything. If, and basically, if the that's show the case. had invested more time in characters, actual characters that you care about in different timelines, it would be a very we'd be having a very different discussion. If we saw all the other Kangs or something and, and them wreaking havoc, this, you know, this would make a lot more sense, but we, we really don't have a full sense of what's going on in these timelines. And because, you know, they're just like random characters, like even the people that work for the TVA, like we don't know most of them. They're just, you know, they're just like NPCs running about this, this kind of story and, and multiverse. So it doesn't feel real exactly, and and so yeah. In my opinion, I, like we're just we're kind of just like jumping around and hoping for cool stuff to happen at this mm. point. I like the cool stuff that's happening. Show me a universe. Show me a universe actively getting destroyed, and maybe you can get me more invested in the stakes of it. But having just it just be a bunch of lines on a screen. I'm like. Uh, you're, you're, I, this was meant to be what emotionally pulls me into the conflict and that just fell on its face which that's why I really leaned into the journey not the destination piece because yeah well I think what was working for yeah. this season in episode one and, and is now lost sadly was was like the time slipping stuff with Loki himself with Loki time slipping which looked that was some of the, like the craziest VFX I've seen Sick. in a long time. Like it was just like really imaginative, really freaky, but really cool all yeah. at the same time. And you like, I was legitimately worried about what was going on. 
Um, and then it's resolved. That was the worst part. It's it's like, here's our main character. Here's the guy that we care about. He's struggling with this time slipping thing. He's going back and forth between all these different timelines. Uh, and I'm very concerned about that. And then it then the show resolves it almost immediately and moves on to this other conflict. Uh, and so I think that's, for me, that's where season two is, is kind of failing, right? It's, mm. you know, it it's just going, every episode feels very different from the previous one uh, because the goal and objective is very different. And it's not letting us really care about the people involved who are, you know, who have the most at stake, right? So like Loki's own stakes are now gone after episode one. Uh, so the investment uh, for me, at least, is is waning. Interesting. All right. I didn't realize you guys would be so down on it. Okay. I'm not down on the show. I just know exactly what I like and don't like. All right. <clears throat> it's not a bad so show. This is now the like where I get to pick your brains a little bit and see you know see what's what's going on inside those little brains of yours. Um. So Loki. Little, my brain is big and wrinkled. <laughs> I got yours is very and smooth. <laughs> All right, so Loki, when he gets back on the sacred timeline, which is the first time he's been allowed back on the sacred timeline, he gains back his powers. You already talked about that. He grows the shadow horns. Uh, he starts making copies of himself or some illusions, and he relishes them. He's like, "Yes, I am back to my full form." And now that we're getting older, me and Brian hitting hitting the forty mark. Savan, you're hitting the thirty mark. What what no, is a power that you used to have that you'd love to get back? Because for me, it's my jumping ability. Uh, now I'm not gonna what? claim that I used to have any kind of like real jumping ability. It was. Yeah. All cap, but in high no school, hair. like I could touch the backboard. I could, you know, I could do certain things. Shut up. You're like a foot and a half taller than me, bro. Yeah, that's, not, that's not fair, man. You're you're playing with a different deck. <laughs> this man was able to touch the backboard in fifth grade, but I I could not. I I could not. I was, you know, four foot eleven or something in fifth grade. So I'm just gonna keep going. There's some real heightism happening here. Fuck you. I'm so, <laughs> no. <laughs> so I, you know, in high school, like I did volleyball. So we'd have to do workouts that like involve like just getting stronger in terms of that, being able to jump, learn techniques around jumping, blah blah. So you know, I could I could jump higher. Now I I pretty much like really reverted. I got I got like Jokic level hops like. You know, it it's a struggle to like Couldn't jump more than, you know, like maybe two stairs at a time on the staircase. You know, like it's we're talking, it's it's very uh, limited. I can no longer touch the backboard. I'm barely getting the net. Maybe you know, if I try real hard and like I've warmed up, so like I've lost a number of inches off the vertical here. Uh, so if I could All go two of them, <laughs> if I could go back and get, or if if I could have some of my old powers back. Um, this would be one that I'd love to, I'd, I'd love to just be able to jump again. I know you can work out and do it like, but who has fucking time for that? Brian, what's a power that you You? used to have, but you would like to get back if you could Loki style. I've had many powers, uh, (laughs) over my, my four (laughs) decades. All right. Uh, 
and, and they're they're all used what the for the better. What the ladies agree? Rune nonsense. Um, oh, <laughs> that's one power. I'm glad it's gone. Uh, but you know, speaking of ladies, I think I would say I would say in my early twenties. Yeah. Looking back at photos, I was kind of cute. I was like, <laughs> that boy, that boy could get it. You still cute? What you talking about? Talking about that boy. Brian's still cute up in here. He got the swoopy hair, the nice little just mustache at the shit. What you talking about, Brian? You oh, you you cool. making me blush, you dance. Man. You could <laughs> definitely, <laughs> you could definitely go out to the club, hit him with a ah, 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 <laughs> yo, right that, here, yo, man. that that was my game. That was my game. <laughs> Brian, Brian, I was be, never I know, going look, to a place that didn't Brian have a dance floor. Blunt, you know, and you know, I just swag on him. That was my game, and. And then, and then, like I, you know, to my own horn here, they they came and talked to me. <laughs> it was not the other way around. And you know, as Be the as an aging king. guy who's happily married, who has been single, who has been in a relationship and not single for over ten years, Ooh. I will say there there is a there is a a longing for the. The short bursts of confidence and ego <laughs> that you get when you when know some girl you. just looks across the room and is like, "Oh boy," <laughs> they admire and they feel. So, did you key. say what your power would be? Is that your power that you'd you'd be a you're young? I'd be cute again. Itself. I'd be young you're, and cute again. Uh, that yeah. like, oh, it's such a cliche thing to say for uh, a middle aged person. But, <laughs> you know, All right. come on, come on. <laughs> I'm like Who over here, like, like I want to touch the backboard, and Brian's like, I want to have all of my youth and vitality, and <laughs> we're both asking for like the same yeah, thing, basically, well, just in yeah, different that's true. contexts. I mean, well, we're y'all both just want y'all well, youth like back. we're wiser now, so you know we. We wouldn't want to go back to being less wise. So we got to talk about the physical things, the things that are deteriorating a little bit. All right, Sav, what do you got? What's your uh, what's your power you'd love to get back once you're once you've reappeared on the sacred timeline? Yeah, my optimism. <laughs> uh, oh my man, I I think back at younger Savon, I was like, man, I was a very optimistic try and see the best in people type of person. You have give everyone a fair shake. And I am not that person anymore. I think surface level I still can be because it feels like that's the what I want, you know, yeah. model what yeah. you want to be. But I think my internal monologue has gotten <laughs> exponentially more cynical in the last, like I'm thinking back when I was like 17, 18, 19 and I've seen how it's manifested in my political views and my worldview. And it's kind of like, a, I feel wiser, but that wisdom doesn't make me happier. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. I feel like I have this very enlightened take about these things now. I'm like, cool. I hate it. <laughs> what, what was young Savant uh, no, optimistic just, about I, at 18? I didn't realize the extent to which other people will consistently and purposely act in bad faith. And that was something that, you know, I just thought, oh yeah, people, even when, even though people aren't perfect, people have dumb views, but people aren't just out here being plain outright malicious. And I mean, there are people like that, obviously, but I just think as the years go by, you see it more and more, you see how it manifests, you see the lows to which people will stoop in order to 
advance themselves or get what they want. And I'm like, oh, people out here are really just like manic animals just doing whatever their base instincts tell them to do or whatever get them ahead. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> ugh, people kind of suck. Because that's like the antithesis of how I view life in the world of trying to always grow and be better and be the best version of yourself and try to always be fair, even if it's not what immediately benefits you. But seeing so many people are the exact opposite is something that I'm like glad I know, but it doesn't make me a better or happier person. So if I could just erase all that and just kind of be that more optimistic, younger me again, I would take that. Basically, I would take being a lot dumber if it meant being noticeably more chill and happy. I'm very those two things go hand in hand. Let me tell you, is bliss. I've realized ignorance is bliss. And so I kind of just wish yeah. I was a little more ignorant. Like young me was not dumb, but I was ignorant in some ways to where I got that bliss. And I would love to go back to that because this here, <laughs> this ain't it. This ain't this ain't it. I'm very cynical. So when you were like talking it. about enjoying the journey, you there's been a tough journey. Yeah, it's been a hell of a journey. <laughs> now that's if we're gonna go all existential. But if this makes y'all feel better, my knee, I've had a bad knee since I was like 18. So I never even got to have a real athletic prime. Even when I was athletic and working out and in the gym all the time, I always had knee problems. So I never really had hops, hops. So I wish, so if I go back in time, I'm not really going to be in noticeably (laughs) better shape or better like body condition now than I was then because I had knee surgery when I was 18. So like I had the D weight meniscus tear partial removal. So, you know, I had the D-Wade, the D-Wade surgery. So my knee's been popping and clicking since I was a teenager. So if that makes you feel any better about my digs towards y'all. <laughs> you're, a, young, you're a coulda, woulda, shoulda, man. that makes you, you feel better. Like, you're the Grant Hill on this pod. <laughs> All the greatness that could have happened. Yeah, except I, was ne- except, except I was never an athlete. That's the worst part. <laughs> I was a non-athlete who had a career-ending injury for a career I never even had. So it just sucks for regular everyday stuff. I can't just play pickup because – now my knee feels like, you know, two my I can feel my bones grinding against each other. Uh, at Great. least you can predict the weather. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it sounds like you guys are just sort of actually kind of so-so on Loki right now. Maybe it'll maybe it'll pick up for you guys, maybe it won't. Um, I was going to ask you to make a hot take uh, about Loki season two, but I feel like you've actually just given the hot take by saying that it's been pretty so-so so far. Well, we could do a hot take of the what stakes, we think is going to happen. My hot take. Okay. Yeah. My hot take is that the stakes, the stakes of the show are what's going to be what holds okay. it back. That's my hot take. The show's going to do a lot of things well, but just the larger conflict that's supposed to draw you in, I think, is going to struggle to stand up on its own. And that's going to detract from a bunch of other things that the show will do very well. Also, Sylvie is still like my least like favorite Sylvia. character. Hot take. Okay, hot take. Obi, as as you were, you know, you're kind of hinting at like, oh, he wrote the handbook and whatever. What we've learned in episode three, that handbook plays a very important role with he who remains. Uh, so we're gonna Ooh. we're gonna learn, we're gonna learn that he who remains does not become Kang just because he's a variant. Uh, but that there is something a little bit more sinister going on uh, with Obi, not not because he is actually sinister, but he is he's also playing a part in this. He's he's a cog in the machine that is creating Kangs. That that oh, that's like what a, I think like is like going an insurance on. policy or something. 
Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that. My hot take Team for Loki season two. I don't have a hot take on this one. I'm just enjoying it so far. <laughs> All right. I don't have a hot it's take okay. on this you one. Okay, you don't have to. I, I, have a hot take. I, I will I say the production goes. design on this show is just miles away from like everything else. Like everything just like looks really good on Loki. So applaud them. Some of that. the sets are a little bit small. That's about it. That's all. That's small. the only thing I would say. You mean the TVA? No, like uh when they're in the little like shanty town or like the shack shack area, it feels very small. Like they just kind of put it together, uh, and then oh, because it's one, it's one yeah, street. That kind of stuff. It's very you know, and the 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 shacks somehow don't look real. They still look a little bit fake. Like they didn't have quite enough time to to weather them and make them look real and lived in. And then there was one other thing that was small. Oh, the train station. It's also like. The 1860s. Yeah. The train, the train station where they were, where General Docs was doing all of the, the coordinating of all of the pruning. That set felt like okay, like we have this one stage to work with, and that's it. And so we're not going to go outside of that. That's all. That's a, that's too too small. Minor minor critiques there, but I think you're right. Way better than all the, way Very way better than all the other production. <laughs> Prime no, I mean, West. <laughs> there's one superpower he has not lost. It's only increased. Right? In Wes will have that. Wes will have that power into the day. Wes will. Wes will go to a McDonald's or a fast food joint and criticize the branding design on the bag and saying, "I just don't like these color scheme on my bag, my food. I don't want to see a blue and yellow bag." I mean, compared to, to Andor, burger, don't like it. Shut Andor your face about really Andor. Knocked it out the park oh my with god! Stuff like that. You're like a Jehovah's Witness. Of <laughs> you to be knocking I at am. My door. I am proselytizing Andor wherever I go. <laughs> Thank you. That's the word. Proselytizing. That's a good word. <laughs> All right. So that'll wrap us up there for Loki season two. I wanted to do a quick before we get out of here, a quick little just teaser for Spider Man. Two. It released a couple days ago. PS5 exclusively on PS5. Yeah, we get the web shooters out, the web grabbers. We're getting, I don't know. And what is that thing that like sends people up into the air? They've they've really been emphasizing that one. Um, and we're getting Miles Morales and Peter Parker in the same video game with the symbiote coming into play at some point. I've only played uh, like an hour or two. It's been a little bit tricky trying to watch Gen V and Loki and watch two kids and get ready for school. I'm I'm going back to work on Monday. You need uh, a wall of screens. Yeah, that's it. The the real the real lack of time is getting me. Batman and, uh, style. And I'm pretty nervous about going back to school on Monday. So I'm trying to make sure everything is as good as I can possibly, like as prepared at least as I could possibly make it. But we'll see. So anyways, so I was going to give Sav a minute here. Literally 60 seconds. No more than 65 seconds. You've made your way through the game a little bit. You've been you played a lot yesterday without giving spoilers. You you got this 60 to 65 seconds max to give us your first impressions. I swear to God, I will just start humming over you if you go over time because we got to get out of here and end this pod. And I don't want to I don't want to give away the whole chicken roost, you know, before we actually get to the show. That's not the right idiom. What am I trying to say? A little sample. Give away chicken the roost. Uh, what are you giving away? What are you talking about? You know, giving away the whole shebang. The whole enchilada. The whole enchilada? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're just giving Cut you a little, a little taster. Um, and then we'll we'll do our real review and and uh, and impressions next show. Brian, you better buy this game. God damn it. Pre-show you called it a moose-bouche. A moose-bouche. Let, let it be known <laughs> that Wes wasn't saying teaser. 
or a little taste. He's saying a moose bouche. A moose bouche. A little That's who we're horse devour for us here. A little. What does it stand for? Isn't it like to amuse the mouth or make the mouth happy or something like that? I don't that know. The trans- literal translation. I'm not cultured enough for that. Anyways, image. we've now spent a minute and a half talking about a 60 minute or 60 second uh, intro. So, Sav, take it away. You got 60 seconds. Hit us. What do you yeah. know about this mo- video game now? Yeah. So the new Spider-Man. Uh, I've been playing it. Gotten solid ways into it. Not super deep into the story, but some good play time. Uh, some of the main standouts about this game is. The traversal has been very much upgraded. Previously, we all were fans of the swinging around the city. There's way more dynamic ways to swing around the city. Uh, I won't get into it too much because it's fun to kind of find out yourself, but you can you can get around New York way more quickly and more dynamic than you could before in ways where you can get even more lost in the web swinging. They've added new elements to the combat, such as a parry system. Before, you couldn't block, you could only dodge. Now there's new enemy types where you can't dodge. You have to block. So the combat's a little fancier. Uh, Miles and Peter get their own separate skill trees and a shared skill tree. So there's some fun universal Spider-Man, but they're really leaning into their unique abilities. And just the visual capacity of the game is very high. It's beautiful. It's fun and nice to look at. And it feels like a PS5 game in terms of its rendering and ability to have a lot on screen at once. Overall, everything good about the previous game, they've built on it intentionally. I'm having a great time. The full review is going to be a blast. Ooh. Brian, are you intrigued? Do you want to buy it now? I mean, I was always going to buy it, man. He's just, just busy. He's just busy and got a backlog. Yeah. Well, got, no, but he said deal. he was going to buy Mario something before he was going to buy Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah Super right. Mario Wonder. I can't wait. I think I'm going to buy it tonight. Yeah, you might play it with your wife. I'm assuming you and your wife are going to play it. Yeah, exactly. Couch co-op. And you can you can do like one level, 10 minutes. You're good. You get your little fix. We're out. I live in New York, man. <laughs> I don't need to traverse the city. Yeah, bro. I wouldn't mind web-slinging through it, but you know. I've yeah. been playing um, Star Wars. What is it? Lego, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. That's been a lot of fun. Not big brain kind of game. You just go around and play these missions. Good times. You gotta solve a few puzzles, but they're the same Lego puzzles you always solve. You know, you gotta you gotta yeah, do yeah. the little. There's things. got the three little rivets on top, so yeah. you put the other three vi- rivet Lego <laughs> on top of that one. Very low level. That's not brain. the puzzles you have to solve. Puzzle solve. Lots of smooth brain, smooth brain puzzles. It works. Hell yeah! All right, so Spider Man Two. So far, so good. I'm really enjoying it as well. But I'm I'm at the beginning stages of the game so far. Friends, that'll be it for us. We're out of here. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Laters.